All right, another day, another show, and we're missing somebody today. Started. We are. I don't know if it's our third stooge or our third amigo, but our third our third guy is not here. Our third will. Uh, what are we gonna do? Uh, I I have no idea. That's 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 a tough call right now. What are we yeah. gonna do? What are we gonna do? We're we're gonna suffer through it. I think we'll be okay. But without Robert, it it is definitely not the same. Robert throws a wrench question, and I always love those because it really kind of throws us off and, oh, and man, it makes the pressure's on. The pressure's yeah. on. So we're going to try to figure that out. Well, what so, we got going on today, bud? Well, um, we've got an interesting, uh, interesting person on today. You know, uh, we haven't had too many consumer uh, people that work on the consumer side, and today we have a somebody on the consumer side. Uh, this is Raj Mills with sleep number she's a vp of a research on the research side of sleep number bed and um now this is the same sleep number that we see the commercials about and everything this is this is a yeah big deal yeah so it's going to be exciting uh, it's going to be very exciting uh, at least i think because we're going to be talking about uh, the mattress technology and what it can can't do kind of thing and uh a little bit away from what we normally talk about. And so um, we're not going to be talking about leads. We're going to be talking about springs. I don't know. but <laughs> yeah. well, I think it'll be fun because, you know, we think about those beds, especially with all the science we get wrapped up in. I wonder if there's some real science behind what they do. It might be interesting to see if, if Raj can kind of clear that up for us. I, I agree with you there. It'll be, it'll be fun to see that, see that and as well as what else it can provide in the future. I think that's going to be really exciting. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'm looking forward to this. All right. With that being said, let's get the show started. Sounds good. Hold up, hold up. Folks, we've got some exciting news for you right now, right here on Sleep Tech Talk. We want to let you know that we are looking for 2023's Person of the Year. That's right, Sleep Tech Talk's 2023 Person of the Year. How are we going to do that? Well, Listen up. Every any guest that's been on the show so far, and any guest that's going to be on our show for this year, 2023, are all nominees or all candidates for this recognition. And how you can help is by listening and/or viewing that specific episode. We're going to be counting the number of plays for each episode, or we're going to be counting the number of listens for each episode, and taking that into consideration. If you have anybody that you think should be a candidate, let us know. And we will see what we can do to get them on board as a nominee. At the same time, we need your help to make this happen, to select that person of the year. Along the way, we hope to introduce some other awards as well. But in the, in the meanwhile, do everybody a favor, do us a favor, and listen in to your favorite guest. So by early next year, 2024, we'll be announcing the winners. Now back to the show. Welcome, everyone, once again to another fantastic episode of Sleep Tech Talk, the sleep podcast, bringing a new epic into sleep technology. 
Emerson, I'm sure you like that one. All right. <laughs> well, folks, we've got another great episode today. And uh, as always, we'd love to bring you fantastic guests. But before we start, just want to remind you all to, uh, to do not forget to subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the like button. If you're listening on any of your podcast platforms, don't forget to hit the the star ratings or whatever rating based on the system that you're using. And most importantly, most importantly, do not forget to share this with all your other friends, all the sleep technologists out there, because we know there's a lot. And with that being said, we have an excellent guest today on the cutting edge of sleep technology. This is Raj Mills with Sleep Number. And Raj, if you don't mind, tell us a little bit about yourself today. Sure. Well, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me. Um, I'm Raj Mills, and uh, my sleep IQ score last night was a uh, 70, and my average sleep IQ score is a 79. So, you know, not my best night of sleep last night, but um, I'm really happy to be here. I'm responsible for health and research at Sleep Number. And this includes um, the amazing work that we do with um, our external research partners like Mayo Clinic and American Cancer Society, as well as the incredible innovations we have around um, sleep tracking and also um, adjustability and improving sleep. Fantastic, that's, uh, that's really awesome. And it's, it's really cool to, to have somebody like you on board uh, today with us. Um, one of the things we normally do on our show is we kind of ask people or their origin story is a great way to put it with all the superhero movies going on out there. So what's your origin story? How did you get into the sleep industry? If you could tell us a little bit about that, please. Absolutely. So, I, you know, I actually came into the sleep um, world through technology. My background is in engineering and I worked in you know, um, a lot of different industries, but prior to coming to Sleep Number, I worked in, with J&J in the medical device space. So really bringing um, different types of technologies that are used at home by consumers, but where there's a real connection to a clinical world. Um, so that's, that's really my entry into sleep. And um, at Sleep Number, I'm lucky to have the opportunity to continue that. Um, and, you know, the position, my position at Sleep Number is a newly created position. By new, I mean about three years. Um, and, you know, it's, it really is indicative of the direction that Sleep Number is, is going in. Um, you know, we think of Sleep Number typically as a, a consumer company, but Sleep Number is really a wellness technology company and really um, focuses on, on health and a, a strong focus on health. Raj, as you've, you've been on this journey over these last three years, again, thanks for joining us today. This is so exciting. You know, what has been sort of your biggest surprise? Because, you know, when people come into sleep medicine, they don't realize, or, you know, this world that there are 88 different disorders that people struggle with. As you've gotten to learn about sleep, what has been probably your biggest surprise in, in your role? You know, my my biggest aha moments are around um, the availability or maybe the limited availability of uh, data and characterization of sleep in the real world. Um, because when we think about how 
sleep is evaluated and characterized today, it's often in a clinical setting, which is as, as far, uh, you know, opposite of your real world setting um, as, as can be. So, you know, really being able to understand sleep in the native environment without, um, you know, probes with, in, in a very natural um, type of manner, that's something that um, is limited. And so that's, that's a perspective that I didn't necessarily have. So Raj, you know, it's, it's interesting as you say that now there will be always that, um, now you, like you said, you're bringing in one side, which is the scientific side with all the sensors, all the probes or whatever you want to call it. There's things on the person's body that impedes the natural sleep that they're expecting each and every day. Mm-hmm. So uh, at the same time, the scientific community will say, well, how can you get information if you don't have all the sensors? So how do you balance out that kind of conversation? Yeah, well, I think I think there's a balance of both um, because, it, you know, it, when when it comes to certain certain types of issues like apnea is, is so prevalent, it's um, highly discussed. And when you think about 80 percent of the population who are undiagnosed, um, they're undiagnosed because they they need to take those steps to get to a, a sleep, a clinical setting. So when we look at clinical or uh, consumer products, products that uh, consumers use all the time, that may be able to give them an indication that they should take that step into uh, a clinical world where they can then be evaluated at full scale. Um, that that is something that can, you know, that it can work in tandem. So at home, we may not need a full, full evaluation, but just enough of an indication that we may, you know, we should think about going into the, into the sleep lab. Yeah, you're right. When you look at like over-the-counter uh, technology, trend data becomes really important. A mutual friend, uh, Mark Aloya, uh, you know, is a part of your family now, was a part of ours, Phillips, when both Jerry and I were there. How have you guys brought his behavioral background into what you're doing now? Because that's clearly, you know, as we look at part of the challenge of sleep, sleep disorders and waking disorders, behavioral medicine is a big part of that. How does Sleep Number fold some of his expertise and background into what you're doing? Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so it's wonderful to have Mark on the team. He, um, it, it's a pleasure working with him, and he gives us um, so many insights, not only into into sleep, but his past experience. Um, you know, I I think that's a great question, and it and it adds to that tie-in between consumer uh, behavior and consumer products and clinical you know, uh, the clinical setting, because there's, there's such an in-between, as you said, of, of behaviors that we can, um, you know, provide insights into uh, to sleepers in order to enable behavior change. So number one, some of the sleep tracking that's out there today, including the sleep number, um, smart beds, can provide those those insights. You know, we don't know when we're going to bed how long it takes us to fall asleep because we're asleep when it when it's happening. And so, for technology to be able to tell you that looks like this is your trend, try these. You know, try um, these these uh, you know 
tactics to fall asleep faster. Um, those are all things that are behavioral, but they may not be evident to the sleeper unless the, the tracking has brought that to life. Um, I also think that this is where the smart bed is differentiated a little bit from other trackers in that there are adjustments and there are things that, that can be done on the bed itself that can help promote um, sleep. So for instance, um, there's a feature that's called foot warming, which is, you know, it, it can be set at, at various intervals and, um, you know, different intensities um, and adjusted on a, on a personal basis. But as you know, warming of the extremities um, helps to promote sleep. And so um, that's a tool that could be used to help someone fall asleep faster if that's something that they need to address. Mm -hmm. So these are small changes that can be made in the home that may, uh, you know, that, that may e either prevent them from having to uh, progress further or um, at the very least, they'll have an opportunity to get better quality sleep um, at, in, you know, without going into the clinic. You're, you know, you, as you talk about the thermoregulation aspect, I, I just think of my home, you know, I go to bed hot, wake up cold. My wife goes to bed cold, wakes up hot. You know, it's no one's happy in that world. I mean, how how did you, you know, as you look back on that research of, of being able to to manage that with with bed partners, you know, what is the origin of that? Where do you see that going into the future? What's what sort of a roadmap do you see, you know, into the future with that type of technology? Yeah, so I'll just step back and say that the, the history of sleep number is really rooted in personalization and personalization on each side of the bed. So the first smart bed technology um, was the ability to change firmness on either side of the bed. Um, and then as sleep number evolved and technology evolved, um, the, uh, the ballistic cardiograph was introduced in the bed. So every bed has a um, pressure sensor that is able to collect, you know, biometrics and um, calculate different sleep parameters and, um, you know, different measures. But we also have introduced um, our latest invention um, last year called the Climate 360 uh, Smart Bed, which has thermal regulation on each side of the bed, because we know that not only is temperature one of the largest, you know, um, preventers or inhibitors of sleep, but the individuality of temperature, as, as you mentioned, is hard to address in a, in a single household or in a single bedroom. And so what this technology does is allows um, full body heating and cooling as well as foot warming on either side of the bed. So you could be sleeping with, you know, uh, high cool temperatures and your wife could be sleeping with, you know, heat, uh, high heat temperatures, if, if that's the scenario you want. Um, and you can also, you know, uh, modify the routine. So you start with foot warming, you, uh, you know, introduce uh, cooling and then you stop the cooling. So you can create a routine that helps promote sleep in an, at an individual level. So Raj, in just now many sleep centers across the United States do use the sleep number bed, but just for those who are not very familiar with 
a smart a smart bed. Could you tell us a little bit about that, please? Absolutely. So the Sleep Number Smart Bed, um, as I mentioned, has um, a, a, a sensor that's called a ballistic cardiograph, and it's a pressure sensor that um, it, it, calc it um, de detects uh, heart rate, uh, respiration, uh, motion, and we calculate heart rate variability, we calculate uh, restful, restless sleep, and time to fall asleep, um, you know, wake after sleep onset, bed exits. So a whole slew of information surrounding your sleep. Um, and so this helps us determine not only, you know, uh, patterns of sleep, um, but it helps us, you know, I talk about circadian rhythm. It helps us talk about, um, you know, different reasons why someone might be having restful or restless sleep. You know, we talked about behavior earlier. There are a lot of uh, behavioral, um, you know, things that that can impact sleep, as we know. But we can isolate things like, you know, on on weekends, maybe someone, you know, drank a glass of wine and that impacted their sleep. So you can really start to put together your behavior with your sleep and see those correlations come to life. And then, the, and then. The second part of the smart bed is the do part. So the sense part gives you the insights and the do part allows you to change and adjust the bed on an individual basis, whether it's temperature, whether it's firmness, whether it's articulation of your head or your foot, um, all of those changes, all of those ways of adjusting your, your sleeping surface um, allows you to sleep in a, a smarter way and allows you to improve your sleep quality. You know, one of the things that in our world with sleep technology and sleep medicine, even though there's, like we talked about, many sleep disorders, the one that we tend to spend the most time on is sleep apnea. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know from the commercials, you have a clever way of, you know, kind of pointing out ways to handle that. What's the background on that? And how do you see that role with sleep number evolving in, in helping people manage their, their snoring or their, their sleep disorder breathing? Yeah, there's, there's lots of room to progress in, in the sleep apnea space. We're just touching the surface on some of the things that we can find. And actually apnea is a great example where, uh, you know, having an, having insight into uh, disrupted breathing at home um, versus the clinic has, you know, provides a different perspective. So first of all, at home, um, the data is collected every night. So, so there's longitudinal data night after night um, that can really uncover different patterns. Uh, whereas, you know, if at, at, the, at the clinic, typically one, maybe two nights is really the top, uh, you know, from a longitudinal perspective. Um, even even two nights as as you know you you know is rare. It's usually one night in the lab, so it doesn't necessarily give you that longitudinal um, perspective. So that's that's something that the um, you know uh, technology like Sleep Number can bring. And um, as I mentioned, you know so many people don't even realize they have apnea or they don't realize what the connection between snoring and apnea is they they think of snoring as a sound their body makes or a no, something that's un, annoying to their um, partner but 
not necessarily that connection to their health. So there's such opportunity to educate consumers on you know, what they're experiencing and how that might impact health and, and why they should go to a clinic and have a, a, you know, a more thorough uh, evaluation. That's 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 really good, and that really fits in dovetails really well with uh, with like you said, consumer on one side and clinic on the other side. But that kind of brings me into the next question: What's in the future? I mean, will it cook you dinner for you so you can fall asleep <laughs> right away in bed, or what? What's in the future of, of the smart mattress? I mean, AI technology built in. What's what's going on? Yeah, yeah. Well, of course, stay tuned. But, um, you know, what I'll say is that today we have a lot of AI that drives, um, you know, drives the our algorithms. But um, some of the work that we presented at um, Sleep and World Sleep uh, really um, are, are things that are that we're working on to bring to the consumer. Um, we've presented work where we've been able to detect um, COVID and influenza through the data in, in, that we collect. And we've, um, ha- we've run studies um, with our scientific advisory board um, to, to create that, that model and that algorithm. Um, I'll mention that uh, we have uh, th- over 370,000 uh, sleepers who have opted in to participate in research. So these are are everyday sleepers who have agreed to participate in research. And we use that, that uh, sleeper pool, that sleep science um, uh, sleeper base to be, you know, we use them to be able to uh, administer surveys. So for the uh, our COVID study, we asked them, you know, when they had COVID, when they felt symptoms, when they started to feel better, um, you know, what their patterns were. And then we mapped their, uh, their contextual and subjective survey data to their biometrics and their, their sleep data. And we were able to see really incredible patterns in their sleep um, at many times prior to symptom onset. So um, really fascinating work there that we hope to bring to the consumer in a consumer-friendly way. Um, I'll also mention that we're, you know, in the beginning, I, I did mention we were working with, um, we're, we have a research collaboration with the Mayo Clinic, specifically the cardiovascular uh, group uh, in the, at the Mayo Clinic, and we're working with American Cancer Society on uh, long-term research to look at guidelines that can, um, you know, uh, around sleep and how it can impact cancer prevention, cancer treatment, and recovery as well. So, you know, we hope to be able to bring all of the findings from research like that to the consumer one day. Well, it's exciting to hear what you're doing with Mayo. Dr. Summers and what they're doing there are, they're just incredible. I mean, he's the the guy that brought us sympathetic nerve activity and how it related to sleep. So that's exciting to see that you're working with them and and, and what you're doing in the future is, is, is uh, something that we can look forward to. But um, Jerry, I know you've got some final thoughts as we wrap up, but that's been fascinating to hear. Thanks so much, Raj. I agree. I, I actually, I wanted to ask you one more question, but we are out of, out of time. And uh, uh, we're, like he said, it's fascinating to hear. It's really exciting and love to hear more. But before we close, is there anything you want to add, uh, Raj, before we, we close for the show? 
you know, the, the, the final thing I'll add is that, you know, at Sleep Number, we are rooted in science. Everything we do, the capabilities we, we bring have the backing of science. And it, that is so important to us. It's why we brought Mark Aloya onto the team, why we have the scientific advisory board that we, that we do have that includes Dr. Summers. Um, and, you know, so the, uh, what we've seen is that not only can we uh, leverage science to bring capabilities to sleep number, but we use the millions of sleepers we have the billions of um, sleep data and set sleep sessions we have, and the hundreds of thousands of op sleeper opt-ins we have to conduct research that informs science. So it's really a bi-directional relationship where we're helping to inform science with uh, organizations like Mayo Clinic and you know, Northwestern, University of Pittsburgh, American Cancer Society. Um, as well as then taking research findings and taking science-backed, um, you know, science-backed facts and implementing them as solutions. Raj, thank you so much. That's uh, fantastic to hear, and it's really exciting. And we appreciate you joining us on the on the show once again. My pleasure. And and folks out there uh, listening, our viewers, thank you so much once again for joining us for another episode. And we can't wait to see you next time. Until then, do not forget, like, subscribe, and most importantly, share. And as you know, as we say each and every time, until next time, lights on. All right, post cows. Yeah, that was that was, that was interesting. interesting. Yeah, it was. I was, you know, I was pleasantly surprised because you know you come into it like we talked about in our pre cows, you know. It, is it just a bed? Is it a gimmick? I mean, there's some real science behind this. And they've got some really heavyweights in sleep medicine that are a part of what they're doing. I agree. That's, uh, it's a great way to put it. Those are real heavyweights, some stalwarts that they have on their board. And um, so, like she said, this is real science behind it. It's not just, uh, uh, you know, foo-foo, voodoo, whatever you want to call it. It's, there's real science behind it. Yeah, I mean, when you think about just the two names we brought up to give context to our listeners, you know, Mark Aloya is a behavioral psychologist, did the first research, research well, tongue-tied there, on C-Flex. Right. And then you have Viren Summers, who is the guy that brought us the sympathetic nerve activity and all that tied to sleep apnea. So some really great leaders in sleep medicine, thought leaders. So that's that's really encouraging. I think the other parts are just, all the different things that a bed does in one night. It's just amazing. It's something you, when you see the commercial, you really can't appreciate that. And then to learn the thermoregulation and everything else it's doing, that's just fascinating. So what I really found fascinating was when you're looking at the social medicine side of it, um, you know, she brought up the number, which we're all very, very well aware of. Let's look at only sleep apnea. 80% of the people who have it are, are still going on undiagnosed. And typically the nudge was, is a literal nudge. You know, somebody, you know, the bed partner nudging the, the, the patient with, hey, you know, you're snoring too loud. You're, you're not letting me sleep. Get to the, go to your doctor. Whereas this gives you that virtual nudge. It, it's able to detect the fact that there's a change in your sleeping pattern. And maybe you should get that checked out. Right. I, I thought that was really interesting from a grassroots level. I mean, your thoughts on like that? Have your own coach. 
your own personal coach right there with you, watching your trend data, giving you this advice. That's that's really an interesting insight. And and you know that versus putting your smartwatch on the side of the bed or wearing a smartwatch while you're asleep. I thought that's interesting because the entire mattress would probably be full of sensors because like you said, with the thermal regulation, when you're looking at, at that side, the entire unit has to be, be wired for that. At least that's my guess. I'm not an engineer. So um, I've well, played a lot on a Bollywood movie. But. Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, you think about the AI aspect of it and where the future could take us with that. How many different things could that bed you really be programmed to do in the future to really acclimate to you, adjust to your night-to-night variability, particularly when you think about whether it's sleep sleep apnea or uh, you know someone that it's in a menopausal or premenopausal state, you know where they're really struggling to sleep because of their body temperature. That's a big deal for a lot of a lot of people. But then again, you know someone with mild sleep apnea just needs their head of bed elevated a little bit you know, that can be extraordinary. And then, you know, there's just so many different things that, you know, you can really break apart. You know, we, there's so many more questions we could have even asked. Right. Uh, I know right. we wanted to, but we ran out of time. But I think the sky really is the limit when you think about what this technology can really evolve to. So what you said is really interesting because where my mind went was, um, not just the clinical, but you take it a step further into the hospital applications. You, you know very well, for example, in many hospitals, they're starting to realize that clinical setting, the sterile setting in the hospital does not, pro, does not foster a, a, an environment for sleep and the colors and the lights. And they're trying to make those changes for patients to improve their sleep quality. And I could just imagine this bed being part of it to further enhance that patient's rest and recovery from going out. And it doesn't have to be with sleep apnea. It could be anything else that doesn't allow them to sleep in the, in the hospital. So that absolutely. was- Absolutely, yeah. you spend a third of your night, a third of your life asleep, right? if you really think about it. And if you can have that, that kind of extra homeostasis, you know, exo homeostasis, so to speak, where your world is regulated for you so that you can have that best night all the way around. That's, that's an extraordinary concept. I agree, but um, Hey, we're, we are running out of time. So I, I have a very important question for you. Uh-oh. So, uh, yeah. You already know <laughs> when I'm speaking like this, but I don't know what you're talking about. So since Robert's not here, yeah, and you mentioned it. Yeah, I like we need couples counseling or something. I don't know. Hey, a tri- couples, triples counseling, something. But we <laughs> we need something there. But hey, you mentioned maybe three stooges. Uh, which stooge would he be? <laughs> oh man, you know, because you know, I'm gonna go with Mo on him. He he's you know he likes to be the 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 ringleader here with the three of us, and he may have to go there. I, I don't know. What do you think? I I was thinking more you know, in lines of curly, that's where my, he, he does have a little bit of that going on. So this is tough. That's tough. But uh, our listeners need to tell us, you know, which who's who in our, our group here. Yeah. <laughs> if we were the three amigos is, you know, is it dusty or Ned or uh, who's the third one we came up with? Uh, a lucky, 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 lucky Ned and dusty, you know, which one. So, and maybe our listeners can help us out and, and tell us who's who in this. Cause yeah, we, we all fit all those descriptions in some form or fashion. 
we're, we're definitely not the coolest people in the world. Hey, that's a great point. So with that being said. <laughs> that's right. There you go. There you go. All right. Miss you, Robert. Wish you were here, buddy. Yeah. Wish you were here. Wish you were beer. But with that being said, everybody, thank you so much. Cheers. And until next time.